three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth episode of season two of Anwar Pramanik's Early Night Show. For all of you all who know, this season is all about guests. This season is all about getting people who, have, who I have wanted to have conversations with about the topics that I care about, they care about, and probably the world also cares about, probably you care about to an extent, and get these people to share their anecdotes, their stories, what, that, what got them into it, so that you don't just have my voice and my stories, but the stories of people in my community who I want to stay connected with. Today, I have someone with me who I met very coincidentally on, on Instagram, uh, I think a year back almost when I started following F1 very intently in the 2019 season. 2017 is when I started following Formula One, uh, but 2019 was my most intense season in terms of knowing everything that was happening. And that's when I got in touch with this dude. And we've stayed, we've stayed in touch on and off. Um, it's not, I wouldn't say that we have conversations every day or big banters, but I know for a fact that that dude has stayed committed to this sport and I've stayed committed to this sport in terms of falling in love with it, getting to see what sport develops into and obviously the day-to-day banter that goes on into it. So without waiting any longer, I want to introduce Wanshil Chauhan, my F1 friend from Instagram. Welcome to this episode, Wanshil. Sure, man. Sure. How are you? First of all, how are you? I'm awesome, Vanshil. Like, you know, really, I was waiting for this podcast episode from my, all the way from Monday. I think I told you last weekend, Friday, I think I told you, bro, let's do this podcast yeah. next week. Yeah. And you told me you were traveling. So yeah. go ahead, Vanshil, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, and that fantastic symbol you have on your hat. What's <laughs> up, so, everyone? This is Vanshil Chauhan. I'm from Gujarat, Barodra City. Uh, I have recently completed my bachelor's and in automobile engineering. So you can guess what's this and why I'm so crazy about Formula One, because I guess it was very early days when I started watching Formula One. Of course, I didn't get a lot of it. I guess it was late uh, 2008 to 2009. I was very small at that time. Uh, so most of uh, those Formula One gigs were like a flyer, you know, <laughs> anyone yeah. would just go, yeah, this guy won. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it was late 2013 when uh, Formula One was, I guess, last Grand Prix in India. So Vettel's fourth championship. That, yeah. So it was that time that I realized, no, this sport is something, you know. And since come 2014 and 15, I was like, you know what? I'm going to commit myself to it. And someday, I, if I made it to this sport, it would be... <laughs> like great you know so i got into it i know there's an automobile engineering thing that you can do and it's a like a stair to this uh career or this the pathway that you need to follow so eventually i opted for it and it was around 2016 or 2017 then i went into technicalities of the sport like what's what's really happening under those cars and what's going behind the scenes so it was that time that I got more involved into the sport and thought, yeah, it would be great if I make it into uh, that sport is my career. Totally. Before then, let me ask you a question because uh, I think today in this podcast, I will learn a lot about the technicalities um, of an F1 car because I don't understand it as well as I would like to. And you coming from and that, that educate that, that, you having learned that as an as your education, I think you can get you a lot of insights to us. So before I before I even um, get into the the meat of today's podcast, let me ask you a quick question. 
which according according to you which is the best designed car of this era and who is your favorite all time engineer in f1 and what team were they in when they were you know your favorite stint of their career which stint, uh, team were they in so it has to be red bull although i am supporting a ferrari cap that's solely because of the history they have in the sport uh, but it has to be red bull you know because since my early days in watching f1 the red bull was the present mercedes at that time so they were so dominant and the all the three grand prix that have happened in india the red bull have won all of them with yeah. battle yeah so red bull and adrian newey you know he is like maestro of designing the cars yep and especially the 2013 car was so dominant that it that car made me fall in love with the sport so i guess 2013 car is by far the best design car but i would guess the mercedes since 2019 has mm-hmm. been so dominant the w10 like, and the w w11 yeah so you cannot ignore the fact that the amount of work the engineers and designers have put into that car to make, make that car so dominant so i guess in this era the mercs have got the edge and in as far as my favorite drivers go i would say sebastian vettel uh, but i don't think that we can you know all of them have done such incredible things you know like lewis hamilton man seven world titles it has to be noticed and yep. there are some young kids you know the upcoming generation like lando norris charles leclerc they have some promising performance under the belts so it's very difficult to pick one but i'd go for sebastian vettel that's kick ass that's amazing yeah because even vettel is one of my my most uh... underrated drivers in my opinion in terms of see i i wouldn't say that vettel is all out the fastest driver on the grid but when it comes to the overall package of a driver understanding the car that's under his ass understanding the team and the business that goes into driving a team and understanding the politics of the f1 circus i think this dude gets it all maybe 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 the, the his intense rivalry with hamilton in 2018 19 really got to him you know like that that sliding out in hockenheim since then you know we have seen it it's affected him like you know has affected his morale in a certain way because it would do the same with us as well right imagine like we have done so well in our lives to an extent and suddenly we start getting you know outperformed by someone we didn't expect suddenly you know like he outperforms us everywhere it will get in our heads so i totally get what you're saying in fact uh, in my early days watching formula 1 i used to like this guy wins everything sebastian vettel like he was the uh, hamilton from that time like yeah. he would do everything so there was a lot of hate going around him yep. and the turkey incident the infamous turkey incident you know uh, multi like 21 and he was yeah he was <laughs> at the fault the two red bulls collide and yet red bull took like you know sebastian hasn't done anything you know he was their prince so called yeah, yeah. Uh, but when he moved to ferrari i mean okay so this has got to be historical like yeah. vettel winning in a red so i always dreamt of seeing vettel winning a world championship in a ferrari unfortunately that didn't happen but yeah <laughs> can i can imagine like you know like even though vettel is a very class gentleman and he never shows a side of him that's vulnerable i can imagine like how it must be hitting him you know to he he had two achievements in ferrari one is to win a championship with them and the second one was to protect schumacher's record of seven wins so that that that's the bit which hurts the most <laughs> yeah. i mean you could have an open fan although you have to recognize that hamilton has worked his ass off 
yeah. getting to that level. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect to him, but still, that Shumi, Shumi's record <laughs> was just way too precious to all the Formula One fans. Yeah, I totally, <laughs> I totally, I totally, totally, totally relate with you on that. Like, there's no taking away that Hamilton is probably the greatest driver. of the last 10 years last 7 years at least i would say since 2008 he showed up on the grid 7 he showed up on the grid he's been friggin dominant since then um i think he lost 2007 world championship by one point to kimi right one point yeah one that just point. go that just goes to show first season in formula 1 in a team like mclaren put it put up against a two time world champion in fernando alonso who beat who dethroned michael schumacher yeah. you go you go up That's against him awesome. and you beat him even though he tried playing mind games with you so there's no taking away from hamilton i think he's built into the most fiercest competitive driver of this era anyways let's put f1 aside i mean the real f1 aside for a while why don't you tell us a little bit about your community of the f1 page that you're building and what's going on over there give us a, give a shout out to your to your page and community So the page is called Nation Formula One. You can notice a little Indian flag in the logo itself. So uh, we are aiming to get the Indian public into our page and build a sort of national community because you know uh, the cricket is a sort of still more popular sport sport in the country. So I guess there are a lot of people who don't know about Formula One or what Formula One exactly is. so basically uh, we are just starting up we have around 50 or what followers and we are putting out illustrations and driver cards or what not on our page there are also memes but hey i pardon my sense of humor i might not be funny all the time so <laughs> i'm more into the driver cards of thing and the another admin is more into news and memes so definitely go check the uh, page out the link would be in the description yep. uh, i I hope that you guys enjoy the page. To to all the to all the F1 fans who have joined in this conversation, the link is going to be in the description. Give the page a shout out. Give it a follow. If you like the content, then definitely stick to the page because you're going to see a lot of you're going to see it growing into um, an F1 centric community, a big F1 centric community in the coming days for sure. Thanks, so, man. so now Vanshil, um, help us to the people who have. join this podcast right now help us understand in the most layman's terms possible or in the most uh, simplest english not simple i'm not trying to tell you to dumb it down but to help us understand in a simple word in simple simple terms what is it that makes a formula 1 car different from a road car in india so as far as f1 cars are considered to put it very simply they are freaking fast man they are so fast but yeah going in down into the details so the heart of it all is the engine you know the formula 1 engine is not that powerful when you compare it to the road cars based on the bare state stats but you know the way it is engineered the way the how efficient the engine is the more you put in the so it just multiplies the power you know okay. so i would give around 40% credit to the engine and the next next big chunk which makes the formula 1 car stand out of the pack is it aerodynamics i mean in a simple road car if you are going at a speed and there's a sharp corner then you have to get off the gas you know you have to be very precise on the brakes and just follow the Correct. natural line right but 
given the aerodynamics and such a complex structures they are you know tiny bits breaking all over the cars so it is a responsible yeah so those are the cars uh, bits which are responsible to uh, just kill the corner you know they go around in such an incredible speed so they are able to maintain their those extreme speeds around the corner as compared to a normal or a road car uh, due to this aerodynamic arrangement and secondly there are more minor bits such as the suspensions or they are they are using special compounds in their tires so these are the tiny bits which makes a formula 1 car the way we see it now so there are a lot of uh, things going under those fancy looking stickers which we usually see uh, going around the circuit so this is the different bit how would you um, just to help this is again for our fans to understand um like how vanchil very rightly mentioned i'll i'll pull out i'll pull out my f1 toy car in this moment so as vanchil mentioned you guys will notice there are these 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 components to the side then you have your front wing you have your rear wing as well then you have the components here that the wings the winglets here the winglets here the winglets in the front so all of these things tend to generate something known as and even the even the floor itself all of these things tend to generate something known as downforce that's exactly what vanchil was talking about right like this car can probably take um a corner that's as sharp as this probably at 210 kmph aram se yeah somewhat around that somewhere around like 175 to 210 kmph yeah. like the fastest corners in f1 like ascari to is like your not ascari your 130r to is like 300 You, upwards of 300 you it, take it right it's literally flat out these days you know yeah. even in a f1 game sometimes yeah so you're taking <laughs> you're taking turns at 300 kilometers an hour which normal cars don't even go straight in that speed so can you help us understand exactly. can you help us understand what is downforce how downforce works and like you mentioned adrian newey as a master of designing chassis so how would um the experience of a designer car designer help increase or create good downforce for his cars take it away vanchal so basically in order to have more downforce right you need to have the bits which follow uh, divert the air above your car so eventually the air pressure which builds up upon the car would push your car downward right so that's your downforce uh, yeah that's the downforce it's nothing but a wind pressure so right? it's the exact but opposite of a plane in the plane may it's plane, pushing you up yeah. it generates lift so it uh, diverts the wind or air under the winglet or wing of the plane so it generates lift so the planes are like this and consider formula 1 like this Got so it. it would go over the car so Got that's it. downforce uh, in early days when there was the aerodynamics weren't such a vast topic in formula 1 early days so, would be like your 70s yeah no 70s was still the floor was introduced at the guys mm. in 70s like early part 50s you would say jackie jackie stewart era okay yeah yeah so that wasn't that much of a deal but when the floor was introduced in the sport so the air which was going underneath the car also helped to generate downforce it's called venturi effect if i'm not wrong so what it does is it reduces air pressure under the car Oh, it okay. would suck the car towards the ground like a suction so effect would, yeah like a i won't say vacuum cleaner but the principle is quite there right 
the air pressure decreases so the car is pushed more towards the ground adding to the down force which is being generated by air going above it insane so okay bit, it's bit more engineering and some people might say what is this guy blabbing about but yeah <laughs> this is what happening which is aiding the car to go at insane speeds around the corners so the front wing helps uh, push the air behind and upwards my car yeah because that's the first bit of the car which is you know punching the hole right. through the air yeah so, right so basically as upper it's going and yeah. there is another stream of air that's going below and sticking the car to the floor and there are various barge boards going sideways and you know you have rear wing and all that but the teams which are most concerned you know if you notice uh, cars around 2008 2009 they used to have these covers on the wheels yeah yeah so that was because wheels mess up things man aerodynamically they would just disrupt the flow all over the place and if you uh, try to follow a car following behind they would experience a uh, aerodynamic mess that's why uh, people uh, commented to the specially keeps discussing the dirty air in formula 1 so that's all related to this aerodynamics so dirty air if um, if we have to explain it to our co- if to our audiences um it's like how one shall mention right like your f1 car is like a spear going through through space right and as yeah. it's going through space it's diffusing it's breaking the the friction of the air sideways upwards and downwards now if you're a, if you're a spear that's following the car behind one of two things can happen if you're in a straight then you enter the slipstream slipstream matlab there is no friction between you and the car ahead of you because he's already dispersed the air and he's removed most of the friction for you especially at those 200 220 230 300 kmph per hour but now if the same philosophy you're going through a sequence of curves then every time the guy ahead of you is moving to the left he's you can correct me if i'm wrong he's generating dirty air to the right so the car who's yeah. following him is getting affected behind him and is all squiggly through the corners right so that becomes exactly, exactly. so that is our dirty air concept right yeah and not only this uh, engineering bits you have to give credit to the drivers they are physically under so much of different loads you know even if for example you are in a regular normal day traffic and some uh, let's say a dog comes across you have to slam on the brakes and you would go like this yeah so they keep going on throughout the turns in the opposite direction so given a uh, place a normal human being in that car he would pass out yeah such is the intensity of the forces so you also have to give the credit to the drivers who are driving this in engineering miracle i would say this beast of a car so you have to give credit to the drivers as well it's like it's like hanging a it's like tying up a human being to a missile rocket that's that's tied to a track <laughs> Right? Exactly, exactly, man. Oh my God! And <laughs> the best part is, is the drivers are not just driving the car, but every three seconds they are calibrating a few technicality, technical things of their car, corner by corner. That includes your brake bias, your pressure that's going into the when you're braking, and your fuel load, and your ERS mode, and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, right? man. There are so many modes, you know. Like, in fact. uh before that let me just let me just share my screen and show everyone what the 2020 F1 cockpit looks like 
just a second yeah that would be great you know because they are also sitting in a very clumsy situation right yeah <laughs> i found a really nice image of a car manufacturer or a team that we both love a lot opening it up right now i don't think this is a uh, 2020 i think this is 2017 the sf 70h 1h yeah. yeah this is the one exactly yeah it's from 2017 yeah you can see the amount of buttons there are obviously there's a epic uh, media question to that which has become a very popular meme <laughs> yeah you can see there are so many buttons on here in here you can see the things that stand out are the that little um we just lost your voice there anshul yeah i just had a call pardon me okay so am i audible you're audible but your voice has become a little distant right now yeah there's a there's a call do you want to reconnect to the to the zoom call it's okay Oh, yeah, Am back. I audible now? Much better. You're yeah. back. Yeah. So the you can see the, the simple things that stand out. There's a N and a P, like green and red. So N is basically your neutral gear. If you have stopped the car, you have to put in into the neutral before getting out of the car. That's mm-hmm. what the FIA booklet says. So that's the button. You just press it, and your car would be in neutral, no matter what the gear is. And the red one, P, is a your pit limiter, like. when you are coming in to change your tires or you have some damage you cannot go rocketing into the pits like you won't be able or you are not allowed to do over 60 or 80 kilometers per hour depending on the circuit yep. so once you press that button it somewhat locks your speed to that limit and above you can see the those white circles those are actually lights yeah you will have a uh, flag That's- indication like there's an hazard or something like that and various uh, it helps to change your gears like mm-hmm. they change according to rpm so this is this uh, these lights here below my drs fk2 that is my um, my engine rev my rev rev indicator right yeah so i have three lights i think over here green purple and red correct yeah So, red is when you, your engine is crying please change the gear man things are getting complicated over here so yeah so you have to time it very precisely or uh, else in fact uh, you can see a lot of cars going round you know i won't get into all the spinalas <laughs> yeah i was just going to say that vettel <laughs> is known for it now <laughs> yeah so basically it has to do with this you don't upshift uh, early enough or at the optimum time or you are too harsh on the power the back end would just pull out of the way man like yeah. it is sometimes it's very harsh on the drivers the team doesn't like it the tires never do but yeah the driver has to just go along correct even when i even when i used to race competitively in the uh, in the f1 in the f1 uh, with the f1 game my biggest uh, um achilles heel would be um i would downshift too early into corners yeah so just... so my cars would just like spin out whenever i'm ent- i'm entering the apex i'm off the throttle i'm what i would do is i'm off the throttle and i would downshift 
like much before my speed has actually gone down so how does how does any other driver do it is they will be on seventh gear on the straight they will brake hard or they will make the car slow down and as the when the car has slowed down that's when they change the gears right or they change it yeah. while it's slowing down i usually change the gear uh, when i used to be very inexperienced i used to change the gears as i'm braking so that would, immediately that would kind of stall the car you know yeah. that's so, what we call engine braking yeah so immediately as soon as so it would it would slow down it would slow down good enough but the moment i snap my steering into the chicken gone boom rear wing rear is spun out yeah you you would find that a lot in f1 online lo- lobbies which are open it's <laughs> chaos so when was the last time when was the last time and what f1 game did you play last i have uh, 2020 but i don't have the rig unfortunately i play on keyboard that's why i keep myself to my team mode you know you can do whatever you want in that <laughs> so you i would so, say you are a keyboard expert right now yeah i keep the settings almost at 90 ai and just breaking assist on because if you keep that on the car would be going like dancing on the track going all over the place <laughs> so yeah i think i'm good but my pc is not good enough so i keep my limitations soon brother here's to praying that both of us get a system and a rig that can run the f1 games nicely and we can just sit behind the cockpit and race definitely <laughs> definitely and in fact if you're if you're ever in bangalore hit me up we'll go go karting i would love to like both Watch of us just go karting and put on two gopros and record each other like racing with <laughs> each other i think that'll be damn cool that would be great <laughs> awesome so now um getting back to the technicalities of f1 because i think this is the most technical conversation i've had in formula 1 with anyone right okay. what is it that makes the 2020 2019 2020 and 2021 cars so hated amongst drivers for their close following why is it that drivers hate chasing down other people on these modern cars look uh, there has been a major change even though they look same between 2018 and 2019 the aerodynamics has been simplified a lot you know there are still tiny bits in 2018 car the one you have in the toy model you can see a lot more details in the aerodynamicity of the car but in 2019 it was simplified a lot more like this was introduced to have more competitive racing but in turn it reduced downforce and this is what f1 drivers hate the most you know when the drive uh, down for subsidize you don't have the confidence i i won't say confidence they, these guys are very confident but yeah comparatively it it some slumbers down a bit you second guess you second guess yourself before chasing someone down a corner yeah uh, but in case you are in slip slipstream you would enjoy it a lot because it would reduce the drag which we say resistance effect yes it would reduce the drag even more because there are less bits on your car so you would love if you are in uh, someone slipstream but the car ahead won't like it that much uh in fact in coming season there are not much changes it's the same chassis as 2020 i guess thanks but thanks there, covid yeah we would see a lot of different season yeah. if it wasn't for covid whole new cars but yeah. uh, in next season there are i think some changes to the floor they have trimmed it a bit and uh, there the are wings. various Yeah, the rear diffuser have been shortened, 
works uh, i don't think that i don't know the exact dimensions or what but yeah there has been a lot of changes in the rear end as compared to the front end so these mm-hmm. tiny bit would definite would definitely hamper the aerodynamic performance and making drivers more nervous and i, I and hope I, that sebastian don't spin the aston martin i'm lo- very looking very, very much to it i hope he doesn't spin it <laughs> i know what you're saying i know what you're saying um here's a quick question for you so for a lot of people who don't know um i mean i'm i'm guessing 99% of people who are watching this podcast are not f1 fans but general fans of the things that i do so for you all um like how one should mention right there are key many phys- many many things that that from a physics point of view act on your car you have your drag your res- your downforce you get downforce by creating um so downforce then you have something called drag drag is basically when a plane lands i'm pretty sure if you've ever sat in the window seat on top of the wing when a plane lands you'll see that those 15 20 flaps come up and your plane's like Whoa! starts making that noise right so that is your drag right and all cars have the same thing right any car which has a surface that is not at 0 degrees but slightly maybe 2 degrees 3 degrees even that much can create drag basically it's not allowing air to go straight but it's bouncing off and creating a sort of friction which is stopping your car from going at full efficiency in terms of speed how does if you uh, want more details for drag you can call tag matia binotto he's been uh, <laughs> expert recently cutting out a drag and making the car like i don't know i just even don't want to talk about the 2020 season they they the ferrari were horrible yeah. i mean so it's the drag was responsible for that it hurts it hurts i think yeah. it really hurts you have a you have an engine that's 50 50% less powerful than last year's engine because they were obviously cheating and then you have yeah. a car that's been designed to go slower because they want more downforce and yeah it was a it was a fucked up fucked up season and praise to charles for bringing the car up to p4 in a lot of races right he bought it up in bahrain i think brazil i think also p4 podium and podium also podium. yeah yeah so someone would say that he just got lucky but you have to be in that place even to be lucky correct you you need to be in the right pitch strategy and tire strategy to even be lucky exactly. right so and away from the tyrard so and away away from the away from the torpedo or away from both the asses yeah i agree with you on that yeah <laughs> so i have a, i have a question for you now um what is the cost of making an f1 car from scratch from research and development to putting the car out there in barcelona during testing what is the average cost do you have a fair idea uh, you know when this question is a very popular among the say new f1 fans there yeah. isn't an exact number obviously the team won't disclose it but uh, you can find a lot of videos uh, all over the youtube they would say like front wing cost 50000 pounds and this and that and eventually end up summing it around 5 to 8 say million pounds so that's a lot of money i would say yeah and yeah the figure roughly is in between those two numbers that's interesting that's like that's like zimbabwe's zimbabwe's yearly gdp <laughs> going yeah, that's why they don't race in f1 
Okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> There's been only I think one or two African Grand Prix, right, so far? Yeah, like South Africa hosted uh, season openers. I guess you can find it in the movie Rush. I yeah. have seen that. Yeah, let me it, but... let's see. Is has there been an African F1 Grand Prix, and how many of them have been there? The South African Grand Prix is the only one I think. Seventy six, seventies in seventies. Yeah, last held ninety three, first held thirty yeah. thirty thirty four. uh it has been how many races 33 races held in south africa prost has the most uh, the fastest senna is second fastest officer man who you, who, who do you like, like so there has been no rivalry as toxic and as um replicated in f1 as i would say senna and prost right yeah man i mean when i will talk about sena you have to understand that he is a legend the how i think half of the followers from the sport you won't find any half of the followers that who won't know ayrton sena i mean he's such an idol in the sport in fact great such as michael schumacher lewis hamilton all go down to him like yeah. the legacy that he has left behind the sport and the intense rivalry Which we, uh, which he had with Alan Prost. I mean, I think uh, not on that level. The follow-up would be Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg. Oh yeah, uh, that was a good one. Yeah, 2016. So 2016. I think it just started the moment Lewis sat in the Mercs. 2014. Uh, yeah, 2013. 2013. Mercedes wasn't that much good, but it had started. And nevertheless. Lewis Hamilton was replacing none other than Michael Schumacher, so those were pretty big boots to feel. Uh, but yeah, he took it to Nico Rosberg. They had been racing against each other since their very early, I think, karting. They were yeah. together in karting. Yeah, yeah. So they were homies back then. Yeah, they knew each other. They knew how the latter races. Uh, come 2014, the Mercedes just designed a beast. who has been dominating ever since 2014 so, was their first year of domination right yeah i i think that was the exact time when i uh, dive more deeper into the sport uh, and uh, the bahrain grand prix Oof, 2014 2014 bahrain grand prix the duel of the desert exactly my brother the duel of the and desert i think that was the point when things getting when the things started hitting up between those two you know with nico rosberg with all of his mind games and hamilton just screw it i'm just gonna go for the win <laughs> i mean the things were so heated between those two like if it wasn't for uh, toto wolf and nikki lauda uh, things would have get gotten ugly you know yeah. one of them would have to get out of the seat or get out of another's way but uh putting 2014 2015 aside we saw a whole different nico rosberg in 2016 you know yeah. he yep. said i'm i'm done taking shit i would just take this to lewis hamilton and man he took in some way i think that some part of it would be uh the season ending of 2015 you okay. know if you notice clearly lewis just got off the got off the gas towards the end Uh, I think last two races were won by Nico Rosberg, and he followed up 
in 2016 by winning first four so that gave him massive boost and mental advantage over Lewis Hamilton and so you're saying that that's the cool thing yeah. so you're saying that Hammy in 2015 let Rosberg win two races towards the end no he he had already won the championship right and mm-hmm. by that time mercs were also not that much concerned because the trophy was already in the bag yeah so he he's i think he thought you know what let him let this yeah i'll just enjoy the last two races and nico rosberg won both of them and mm-hmm. he carried on that confidence to 2016 and won first four races i think then that was the time when lewis said think you know what i might have to work harder here yeah and then we had uh, awesome season the 2016 yep. the monaco grand prix <laughs> i still remember that one yeah so things were very ugly i still hate that nico rosberg decided to not to continue in the sport mm-hmm. it would have been awesome to see those two guys still in the mercedes yeah when the car is so dominant that the gap is sometimes in second yeah to their nearest competitor yeah so i think speaking of rivalries nico rosberg and hamilton is still way better than sebastian vettel and lewis hamilton which followed um, up later i i don't i think seb is um, less of a of a of a mind games player nowadays i mean red bull was a completely different he was a monster when it was red bull yeah. uh, and i think he i think he sobered down a little bit after that and even the environment at ferrari i don't think it was very pro sebastian as it was pro ferrari and everyone for ferrari kind of a mindset you know what i'm trying to say right yeah i mean sebastian vettel loved ferrari man yeah. he would obviously have loved to win a title with the yeah. uh, maranello team but unfortunately it didn't happen but he has some fond memories i guess in the ferrari yep malaysia so 2015 it, yeah his first ever win so i guess i guess uh, things didn't go as they were supposed to but he had a good run with the uh, reds i guess he had a fantastic four years four years right with the reds 2015 to yeah. 14 he joined right no uh, 2014 he was still at red bull which was a horrible season yeah, for ricardo's uh, joined red bull at 2014 correct yeah. so i to 2015 he went to ferrari and he's been there five years who was his teammate in 15 masa Mm, no, it was Kimi. Oh, Kimi's been there since Alonso left, right? I mean, since Alonso yeah. left, twenty fourteen, Alonso left. Alonso left. So he he he. And the funny thing is, he had the teammate none other than the Iceman. <laughs> Seb was all. Seb was all the. He had all the jokes in the pocket in the yeah. press conference. Kimi would be sitting like this. So that duo was. something else you know yeah. you can't find anything like that anywhere else yeah. <laughs> yeah you have sebastian who trolls everyone master of trolling and kimi who doesn't say a word at all <laughs> and and even if if you look at their their, so their is, yeah. yeah the respect between both of these drivers is fantastic like i still i just remember i think day before yesterday uh, watching a video where they were having a team photo in abu dhabi abu dhabi or one of the night races where they were celebrating uh, sebastian's p1 uh, and kimi had got p3 I, it could be singapore also i may be wrong okay uh, it was a night race i was just watching the post race celebrations and um, they were taking the team photo and in that wojo you know when the drivers are crossing pit the board. pit lane they pit put board, that pit yeah. board yeah pit board. in that pit board it was only p1 vettel and german flag 
and they were all getting ready for the photo he said no 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 wait wait, wait. he went told them put kimmy's name put p3 and put the finish flag because kimmy was also there in that photo shoot it was morizio kimmy and seb they were sitting in the middle and the team was around them so that just goes to show the level of class these two gentlemen carried you know together in in ferrari and i think those four years 2018 2019 to an extent which with the with the car and 2017 i would say were three really dominant seasons for for ferrari mm-hmm. at least they were coming back in fact uh, for sebastian i wouldn't say that it was it has been all sunshine and rainbows all along uh, in his, in his red bull days there were many people who would coin the word arrogant i was shocked i i, I would supported uh, that idea back then but uh, you know the multi 21 incident and there has been so many uh, events yeah. where sev was found wrong and he would just won't give a damn about it yeah. so i found a gap i went for it i win and he was just the iconic finger of sebastian vettel yeah. that just added to the so called arrogance so i think that the transition from that to such a gentleman we know now the seb sebastian of ferrari who is now moving to aston martin with yeah. so many ho- hopes lying on his shoulder so this transition has made him the fan favorite and of course favorite of mine as i we have seen both the sides of sebastian vettel I know what you're saying. We've seen both the sides of Sebastian Vettel and now we truly get to enjoy this guy who's understood, you know, like I'm not going to be the champion of every race and every season going forward and now the shit is actually actually balanced out. I know exactly what you're talking about. What do you think uh, let's let's probably end the Vettel and Ferrari topic with this one question. What do you think according to you two or three things that Vettel could have done differently to during his stay at ferrari uh firstly the 2018 season man he started in such a <clears throat> fire like he won australia he won the, right yeah australia and bahrain and those tires were in terrible condition he defended against one of the mercedes i think it was bottas bottas yeah he defended so mightily against him that i thought that you know what this could be a fantastic season then lewis hamilton won to Ricardo won in China and Monaco. Six races were in. Uh, three drivers had won two races each, and I was like, you know what? This is gonna be a good season. And twenty 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 twelve twenty twelve repeat. Yeah, twenty twelve repeat. And the thing was, both Lewis Hamilton and Vettel were gunning for a number five, title number five. So you, I was all poised to you know cheer on Vettel like, yeah, he he has got the number five. But come Germany. in germany he didn't look like himself at all yeah he spun in germany in front of his home crowd and while in the lead yeah while in the lead and uh, to add to the agony he crashed in front of the max verstappen stand those guys were going crazy and you could see how frustrated sebastian was when he uh, climbed out of the car yeah and uh, after that it was just a combination add, of bad luck yeah and add, add to add salt to the wound i think hamilton started that race from 14 15 and he won that race won that race from p14 all the way to p1 yeah. in the mixed up weather condition yeah uh, i mean it was so heartbreaking to watch for every vettel fan and after let me that, just play that let me just play that 2018 vettel oh, crash you're going to make me cry over <laughs> I mean I'm also a big big Vettel fan so all the man tears are going to come out now guys come on let's get ready 
Let me see if I can find that video. There she is. Sebastian Vettel! He has been leading almost from start to finish, but now he's out of this race! Sake. Sorry, guys. Oh, oh, that, that guy was broken. And big cheers from the fans who've come to see the Max Verstappen stand. A massive yeah. disappointment for the championship leader who was on his way potentially for his first ever victory at Hockenheim, but has ended up in the barriers. Safety car deployed. That ruined it. I think that was the. Yeah. The first Sadma, you know, Sadma, how they say in Hindi, you know, Sadma lagya bhai ko. Are, and after that, it was just a long streak of bad lucks, bad decisions. Uh, Spinning out in Monza. Yeah, and not to mention bad strategy calls by Ferrari. I mean, it was just all piling up and Lewis Hamilton just missed the title from his cash. I mean, it was so bad. And come 2019, there was a young guy coming along, Sebastian Vettel. Charles Leclerc gunning up, you know, I'm going to take it to Sebastian and all. And they had, uh, out of nowhere, when the season start was so dominant by Mercedes, come halfway mark, they were in it. They were going on the poles and winning races, going up at, on the podium. So I thought, that still could be it. Then the talks came out that their engine is illegal. <laughs> yeah. You know, I went all CJ on to that. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the third heartbreaking thing would be, you know, the 2020 season, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a disaster for Sebastian. He was nowhere to be seen. I, I hope after first starting uh, first couple of races that he would at least get points regularly. But the car was so bad that it even won't do that. So I guess these last three seasons has been a roller coaster of emotions for Sebastian. I know exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. He won. He got a podium only once in 2020. Now that also was a yeah, race exactly. that started in the rain or something like that. Yeah. Turkey, I think. And that too, uh, I think uh, in the final lap, a couple of turns to go, and Perez and Leclerc messed up bad. First That's Leclerc, where he got the overtake done. Off, correct. Yeah. And he passed both of uh, it's Leclerc. He passed Leclerc. Yeah. So, yeah. Leclerc, Leclerc went wide. Yeah. Perez Perez also went wide with him. Vettel went through the middle. Yeah. And he almost got Perez too. Yeah. He almost if it were one more lap, he, he would have got Sergio as well. Yeah. This reminds me also of that Gasly science race at Monza last year. That oh, was that good. That was also very close. That was good. And you, th- you uh, see... There's a pattern here. Whenever Hamilton is involved in something or he has uh, either he is leading massively or he has a a couple of penalties, it has to be a good race. He had a 20-second penalty in Italy and he was driving like a god in Turkey. Yeah, yeah. Out of the field. And behind him, there was chaos. Like Bottas won six times. Yeah, that was Bottas' worst race, I think. Yeah. So it goes to show that uh, this was actually coming to my next question also that it goes to show that um, to all the F1 fans, to the non-F1 fans who are watching this podcast, there are 23 circuits in a year that these cars have to go around. Each circuit has its own 
trademark of what kind of cars can do really well over here and so i the reason i love f1 i'll tell you now why i fucking love f1 right i love playing strategy games where you take a decision now which reflects 40 turns later or everything you do now will build up to something that you do like the last master stroke that you pull in the 40th turn i love playing those kind of strategy games and according to like age of empires or you know civilization 5 any time i played those games my approach would be build a fucking massive army don't do anything for 40, 39 turns on the 40th turn invade everyone right pull the trigger and i think that's exactly how f1 works as well right you have 21 calendars built across uh, starting from march to up to november that is march march april may june july august september october now 8 months so you have 23 tracks along 8 months 10 teams two drivers each and the reason i love formula 1 again i'm repeating it again again is because as a driver and team before a year starts you have to tell yourself we will do our best in these tracks because we know this is where we kill it we will make sure all our upgrades part upgrades that have to happen will happen by monaco you will get a wing upgrade um hungary you will get an engine upgrade a uh, silverstone you will get another uh, wing upgrade um azerbaijan you will have an engine upgrade so i mean obviously i said the sequence a little wrong it's azerbaijan first then monaco then silverstone uh, hungary then silverstone then hungary or is it hungary then, then silverstone silverstone comes first hungary is like the before season break before season break right yeah since silverstone then hungary so as a driver and team you've got to ask yourself which race am i okay not to win to make sure that yeah. i save mileage in that race i don't push my engine too hard in that race i make sure my car doesn't pick up any damage and we are all set for the next few races right like if i'm daniel if i'm red bull i know for a fact i will will not win australia i'll come p2 i know for a fact bahrain i'll be nowhere close because it's a power driven track but i know for a fact the third race in the season which is the third race in the season china china i know for a fact in china i have a chance because my that's team, what happened in 2018 that's what happened in 2018 right with i think yeah. ricardo ricardo won china right ricardo won ricardo yeah. won so red bull knows i can win in china then after china you have spain right fourth track is spain ஒன்னும்ீசன் but uh during the pre pre season break like the winter testing and now you're back here after four races in which each four race your car has developed so differently that it's nowhere similar to the car that you did during winter testing you know like all the great say right the f1 designers and the drivers they say that the car that was in the beginning of the season is 90% different from the car at the end of the season right <laughs> so by the time i've reached spain my car has developed so i don't really know how i'll perform here i just have the raw winter data to build upon right then i have after spain is uh, monaco right then in monaco i know i don't have to worry about power it's all about downforce so if in spain i said you know what i don't care about winning in spain i will build a package that is aerodynamically built so that i can double down on monaco so i will win monaco 
So that is my favorite thing about Formula One. It's about the strategy, chess, right? Do I win this race or do I win the next race? And I think this is something Alan Prost was a master of. That's why he's known as the professor, right? Professor. Like he exactly. would know that. Ah, it's okay if I lose this race or even if I come third, it's fine because I've won enough points that even if I come third, I will be the world champion. And that's very different from Senna's logic, where Senna would be like, "I have to win every race, every corner. <laughs> I have to be first, right?" So that's the that's the thing that I love about F1. It's how you have two different kind of driver mentalities, and each team has its own approach, and you have to play the long game, save engine, save tires, maybe lose one race because you're going to win the next four races. So that's what I love about F1. And the and question that I, I, yeah, go ahead, Vachu. And this thing was pretty intense, especially in 2020 due to this pandemic situation. You had to you know plan your upgrades, even considering the transit. it had to you know travel halfway across the world world in some cases mostly it was in europe yeah. but the midfield teams nailed it you know the battle was so tight between yeah. especially between mclaren racing point and renault yeah i mean they killed this uh, thing the topic that you were just talking uh, talking a moment before yeah i think they these three cars if you if you didn't have ferrari red bull i mean ferrari to ignore for <laughs> if you didn't have red bull and uh, mercedes in the mix of 2020 i think it would be a fantastic midfield battle because you have mclaren who were building in the middle of the season suddenly in the mid season they dropped off and renault and racing oh, point yeah. like racing point side killing it suddenly mclaren side killing it suddenly renault side killing it and suddenly renault was nowhere in the picture and racing point and renault of a mclaren are fighting and suddenly towards the last four races since hungary renault is in the mix so i know what you're talking about so this brings uh, me yeah go ahead that go ahead. that yeah the upgrade planning was the key factor deciding factor which got McLaren P3 in the constructors this was the thing exact planning yep and racing point missed it by what i think 7 points or 8 points the constructors uh yeah it was somewhere i think it was double digit 10 or 11 but yeah it was close very very close, close right yeah i know what you're saying so now this brings us to i think we have spoken about the past we've spoken about the present now i would like to like us to like you know discuss like take the next 5 minutes to discuss what is the future now once i have two questions for you okay. uh, let's break it down one by one the first question is what do you see as the future of formula 1 uh to cut the long story short i would say max verstappen versus charles leclerc or george russell even these three guys have so much potential i think five years down the road one of them would definitely be a world champion if lewis hamilton isn't there of course uh so this this is paul lewis hamilton pardon me <laughs> so <laughs> these three guys would definitely be in the world title hunt uh taking the elbows out and doing what not especially i am very interested to see uh if george russell moves to mercedes and red bull are at that level i am very excited to see george russell going wheel to wheel against max verstappen i mean we missed that at sakia grand prix as max crashed into t3 yeah. i guess and we missed a treat of a race so i guess it would be a you know a talking point in coming years do you see the cars and the tracks also evolve? i mean the cars we all know 2020 is going to completely change the cars do you see the tracks evolving as well as we go into the future or do you see the tracks keeping the same look and feel Yeah the I don't think that the tracks would change much but 
uh, in 2020 we had some new tracks and some awesome races in there you know emilia romagna and tracks like that, turkey so if those track ha- are included in the uh, future calendars replacing i guess spain is a overfest and hungary maybe even france so if france yeah so in place of these tracks abu dhabi <laughs> yeah but i don't think they pay so much to f1 that they would you know discard the track so if these interesting tracks come on to the calendar we would see a different season you know track wise hmm. so i guess fia if fia is listening this podcast please include <laughs> turkey next year <laughs> i hope john todd like finds this on spotify and just starts listening to this one <laughs> Hmm. so you would say that what would really make the f1 calendars interesting is if there was a rostrum of say 30 tracks and before every season began there was like a ballet or like a ballot or like a chit system where randomly 22 tracks were selected out of these 30 tracks i think that would be damn cool you know you never know yeah but that here's the thing uh longer the calendar gets you ha- you have like mechanics and drivers who stay away from their family for 8 months when it is 23 races and they get only like one or two months off their yeah, job yeah i know what you're saying so you know you have to keep the team morale up also so i think the 23 race calendar is a big one in itself and obviously i think we have two races cut down from it australia and china so yeah 22 i think 24 is the insane Ideal. number that you can go to mm-hmm. yeah So But, what if what if we did uh, this like right 30 40 tracks i have in total before the year begins randomly on a chit system i decide which 22 tracks to go and like all the teams are said these are the 22 tracks so exactly even if i that would be so right? cool so even if i have built a car saying ki okay this is the how the 22 tracks are going to look like for the next year and i know i'm going to uh, build my aerodynamic part upgrades for the first half my engine part upgrade for the second half and third half i will build maybe more reliability right exactly. that's their plan but suddenly you realize holy shit the circuit the the <laughs> the calendar is completely different this year you know you have more aerodynamics requirement towards the end of the season and more reliability requirement towards the mid season yeah so that's actually throws a spanner into the works for engineer and the teams that are manufacturing the various upgrades back at the factory you know anything changes in the calendar they are banging their heads against the wall i mean where in the hell it come to this we hadn't it planned yeah. so i guess they just freak out and any changes that happen to calendar so do you think it would be good or bad for the sport if we did something like this it would uh, i think uh, attract more fans because the racing might get interesting but on the other side the team morale might be affected slightly i'm not sure of that and the workers would definitely uh the engineers and the team manufacturers would be grinding extra hours back at the factory to make to meet the deadlines you know because it would definitely stress them out yeah it's more random yeah so it will be like more on the go thinking correct and in terms of in terms of the cars what is it that you'd like to see changed going into the future closer racing that's what fia keeps saying uh, especially in 2022 we are going to see a whole different car as we are now but uh, especially if fernando alonso is to be considered equal engines for all that would be very funny but yeah i think that's an interesting idea but then again it won't be any difference between f2 and f1 uh i 
equal cars would destroy a film it yeah. shouldn't be but you know more close racing would be a great way to attract more fans and more audience towards the sport yeah and make the races overall more entertaining because right now uh, the f1 weekend is sold like a like a concert in a lot of cities right where they will say yeah. you will have all these artists performing and towards the end you will have the race right like you'll exactly. have your christina aguilera and your justin timberlake performing in the us quota right you'll have their concerts and then towards the evening you will have the f1 race like it's like a finale you know <laughs> so as much as i understand that that kind of helps attract more audiences create like a nh7 weekender kind of a like i would love it if nh7 weekender and f1 did something together in india because see they want to the indian government piece of shit government wants to anyways bill yeah. it as an entertainment tax <laughs> right so do it as an entertainment event make more money and pay the tax close it we will come that's why fi i think made a bold statement i'm not sure of it uh, they said that indians won't be able to you know carry on with this sport it is just too expensive yeah i didn't inquire of the ticket prices back then but i'm sure it would be you know soaring i, did, soaring I don't know the... what the ticket pr- ticket price of an <laughs> f1 race in india was let's check 2012 definitely i i i think that it would be at least five figures for the whole weekend at least five figures in my let opinion me, let me just check um the tickets of the 2013 edition of the f1 i'm reading a article in times of india uh, august 4 2013 this article was written The tickets for the 2013 edition of the F1 Grand Prix at the Bud International Circuit were launched on Saturday in the range of 1500 that's 1500 to 21000. Right? So the you know um the grandstand in 2011 was 35000 and in 2013 was 14000. So you are absolutely correct. The F1 guys knew we couldn't afford this sport. Exactly. Then the seats closer to the start finish line um is um so inaugural edition which is 2011 saw 95000 spectators close to 100 like 100000 and 2012 saw 65000 spectators so i'm guessing 2013 was so bad that they didn't even put the number of people who came eventually you there and we are back so once once and i just quickly uh, we had to drop off for a second we were discussing the ticket prices and i think we have realized that you were absolutely correct once that the fia made a bold statement saying indians can't afford the sport they were right we really couldn't afford the sport but here we are still spending lakhs and millions and billions into this ipl fever that has taken over the country and bollywood that has taken over oh, the country don't don't I don't even want to get started about it. I I mean I have no offense against cricketers. Uh, the sport is very good, but I think that F1 should be motivated. It is a great sport, and the community is ever so growing in India as well. I think things should be done. I think, and I I think that BIC is not for that bad circuit. It it is a, a good to medium circuit, right? So I FIA should definitely reconsider. Indian GP back on the calendar. I agree. I totally, hundred percent agree with you. And we're back once more with my <laughs> dear friend Vanshil. As we are coming to the to the end of our season two, episode four, Formula One special. Vanshil, I the last question that I asked you is, what do you see as the future of the sport and how it's in India? What do you see as your future in the sport going forward for maybe the yeah. next ten years? Uh, 
for fa- past couple of years i have always dreamt of working in one of the team no matter which uh, but i have always dreamed night and day to work in a formula 1 team it has you know possessed me and as a matter of fact if you recall hamilton's radio back in turkey after he won the championship it just gave me goosebumps man the way he was saying it i thought is he talking to me or what like uh i am i would be so blessed if i ever make it into formula 1 as an obviously in an engineering role what is the uh, career path like how do you get yourself into a formula 1 team as an engineer look uh as for the starters i have done my bachelor's of engineering in automobile engineering right and now i'm planning to do uh you know like add butter on top of the bread by adding another degree or a certificate course uh for me it is targeted mainly around engineering quality you know testing and all so that you can directly go into a formula 1 either you require a hefty degree or a lot of work experience into the core field itself so and contacts also i'm guessing yeah that that's the thing uh for, as far as hefty degree is concerned i'm not i don't think that i would be able to get a hefty degree so i would for me i think i would be able to carve my path after gaining uh, work experience work experience related to the formula 1 so that's what i think fingers crossed that i someday make it into formula 1 i don't know what era or what the driver grid may look like for Even all you know in, that in that era we are all like in uh, those star wars like hover cars you know <laughs> you never know in the next so. 10 years you So do you yeah. <laughs> so do you see it as like uh, you want to maybe work with BMW in India or like a Volkswagen in India for 10 15 years get your experience with a big company like that maybe from there join the Volkswagen Motorsports division in like LMP or Endurance Racing from there make yeah, contacts exactly. into F1 and then you know yeah exactly because we we as an indians we don't have that much of a background in motorsports obviously you have Jehan Daruwala and Mahindra some superstars so some superstars coming out of the you know yeah. blues and doing and the mahindra formula e team as well yeah so motorsport is being realized in india obviously a bit too late but yes <laughs> indians would be there in motorsports in not too distant future i and i think and i hope that that would be my way in into the formula 1 dude i i am telling you i'm waiting for the day when um i get to see a race engineer voice vanchil chauhan for a future star driver maybe like a like you know like this southeast asian or like an asian asian team that's formed in formula 1 funded by you know like how racing point is british right and aston yeah. martin is british we will have like a kickass indian team funded by maybe the ambani's like a reliance motorsports or something <laughs> like that and using the reliance petrochemicals and the reliance uh, lubrication technology you are bringing that into the formula 1 team your drivers will obviously be like your your the best drivers around the world probably like a german driver or something like that probably wet raikkonen skid for all you know robin raikkonen might yeah. become <laughs> might become your driver and you are the race engineer or like one of the guys in the back end you know sitting with toto or whoever the 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 team principal is and you're like this is what we need to this is the engine stra- engine strat mode 6 strat mode 6 and if if kimis kid is as you know as uh, you know sarcastic on radio as kimi then i would be in big trouble you know for what <laughs> you will like put it in strat mode 
you're like are we trying to do an overtake or come last <laughs> robin will ask you okay i can, yeah, I can totally I understand so do you see do you have like a um a team that you walk like do you have have you done any research from your end on the kind of roles that exist in formula 1 and a specific role that you have decided you want to jump into or is it like you you know this is my background i can fit into any role that i get an opportunity in no you know uh, it's it's like a hospital you know you in hospital you see various specialists you know there is a dental surgeon or neurosurgeon so this is uh, not hospital but yeah there are specialists and there are division various categories uh, in fact in factory there are you know chassis you know there is engine unit there is aerodynamics and this things goes on but then there are durability quality so there are various sub branches pick one form a career path just let to that and once you have enough contacts and enough experience then you apply for that there are also many teams like mclaren that support graduate programs in motorsports as well but then again it is in uk and way too expensive so that we cannot afford it right now unfortunately we don't have the visa <laughs> yeah in fact uh, the the race strategies of lando norris is i guess mclaren program graduate he has made it to a chief strategist of lando norris so that's all about the sports spread you know it is very popular in uk hmm. so they have all the options yeah europe is the king when it comes to motor sports there's no denying that i mean the best car brands are also all european right exactly no. hmm. and uh, do you see an indian driver or an indian team or both international circuit back on the calendar anytime soon uh i don't feel so positive about both international circuit but i would say jehan darwala is killer of a driver man uh he's so talented and he has got the pace you know i have i don't think that you would believe it but i had a couple of conversation with him over instagram oh. and he's so he he is so down to earth man during his f3 days i would uh, i i texted him that i don't know if you would say this or not but you know you are doing as indians proud and you are a fantastic driver and he actually replied and i once made a sketch of him and he replied to that too so that's damn cool i guess he he is i think he is the future of f1 in india he would definitely be in f1 and a hell of a driver for sure maybe you me and jehan can do a podcast in the coming days sometime ah that would be so great <laughs> awesome so i think this was a fantastic podcast having you and discussing all of these intimate f1 related conversations which you know i don't get to have on a regular with a lot of people um apart from the irc community which i'm part of where i have to do commentary and in fact today we have a race we are going around brazil today 8 pm the tier 1 drivers it's going to be um world drivers championship and constructors is set renault won this year for us but p2 p3 is still open Uh, right. so that's going to be the deciding battle today and i can't wait to do the comms uh, but there is um, yeah so that's where we are with irc vanshil thank you so much for joining this fantastic podcast and giving us your an hour of your time so that we could jam and uh, just you know talk about things that are dear to us but before we end this i like to do a rapid fire rapid fire kind of round with all the guests who come on this podcast and i have one plan okay. to do with you as well It's going to be a 1 minute rapid fire no more than that and it's going to be um 
a mix of mix of questions like the kind of spiritual or like deep introspective questions i ask myself and also a few things with like fun life related stuff and maybe one or two f1 questions also thrown into the mix so i will give you 5 seconds to answer each question and um you can uh, you can we can like aim to close this whole thing in a minute so now it is exactly 1218 so when it's 1220 because i'm guessing it's 1218 30 seconds right now the moment it becomes 1220 it's going to stop so i'm going to keep asking you questions till then are you ready sure are you ready yo let's start if you didn't have to work for money what would you want your dream job to be or your job to be uh fame getting famous any kind of particular job in your mind definitely something to do with cars that's for sure awesome are you a um red sauce pasta guy or a white sauce pasta guy red sauce definitely do you believe morals are important for a human being yes or no yes would you marry for companionship oh you're married right no i'm single bro okay would you marry for companionship or marry because you want to start a family uh companionship i guess superman or goku who would win a fight and why superman is man of steel <laughs> i'm a kind of a fan boy of superman <laughs> nice um if you if you could live abroad what are the two top places you would you have at the top of your head or like two top places you would like to live in so city name and country uh barcelona spain and las vegas america nice nice if you had a crystal ball would you like to know your future uh kind of yes but then again i would why did i do this so kind of a no it's, it's a mixed answer <laughs> got it uh define friendship in one sentence uh loyalty and uh, you know be there whenever i need got it uh michael schumacher or lewis hamilton uh that's a tricky one but i would say lewis hamilton as i have seen seen him live racing live ferrari or red bull uh ferrari um having a race every year in india and being able to go for it or um if you had to choose between having a race in india every year and being able to go for it or not having a race in india but watching the best online races which one would you choose uh one in india and go in person over there awesome um if you had 7 days left to live starting today starting after this podcast would you continue living life in the same way or what would you change definitely if i knew that uh, my time would be up after 7 days i would definitely live a different life when was the last time you cried your ass out you know like really broke down and just cried uh i think it was after my 12th result uh, it wasn't one to be proud of and i i had a serious mental breakdown back then so it's been four years i guess nice so this brings us to the end of our quick fire rapid round of questions like i told you it's going to be a mix of life questions fun questions and f1 questions and i think you did a fantastic job in answering all of them vanshil let me give a shout out to your page what is your shout- page called on instagram it's the nation f1 formula 1 yeah nation formula 1 right yeah so to all the people who have joined this podcast give vanshil and his community a follow in nation formula 1 i'm going to have the link in the description check it out it's going to be a fantastic f1 page for all you know this uh, one we might even do like 
one uh, instagram video a month where we just ask each other these kind of f1 questions and feature that in the formula 1 nation like once you for all you know you might start that with the community of telling people i'll go live every hour on a on a hour before the qualifying and hour before the race weekend and people can ask all in your questions and you can like do the live stream while you're watching the race i think that'll be damn cool if you did something exactly. like that yeah man that's for sure if the community grew we would definitely try and do that Awesome. Thank you Anshil. Any closing thoughts? How is it like to be a part of this podcast? Anything you would like to tell the fans and people who might come as guests in the Posca podcast in the future about your thoughts on Anvay Pramanik's early night show? Yeah man, it has been an awesome experience. In fact, it was my first ever podcast I have never ever done before and discussing F1 with anyone is just amazing and to do that on a, you know, established podcast is uh not not so established also bro but thank you <laughs> very very good uh, one hour and we had some interesting conversation so it was very good and as for the fans you know keep watching formula 1 and just bring back f1 to india <laughs> bring back <laughs> hashtag bring back f1 to india i think we all want it back even if it's a 20k ticket in the grandstands i think i would go at least once a year you know save my definitely, cash definitely, 10k yeah. 10k 10k like, like 1000 1000 1000 each month i will at least have 12k at the end of the year maybe 2000 each <laughs> month i'll have 24k at the end of the year <laughs> exactly man thank you for joining vanshil i really look forward to the next podcast that you and i do together cheers buddy have yeah. an awesome day bye 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 take care